Hello, love. Welcome to Floating on a Cloud podcast. It is the feeling you get when you are connected to your divine guidance. Sarah Sparks interviews guests to share their story on how listening to their divine guidance positively changed their life for good. Let's make listening to your divine guidance an everyday occurrence. Hello, love. Welcome back to Floating on a Cloud. Oh my goodness, we get to have an amazing conversation today with Stacy Luces. She is a best-selling author, executive coach, international speaker, and president of Fem City International. Stacy is the founder of Evolution Executive Coaching and brings over 25 years of combined experience leading multiple million-dollar projects, diverse national and international teams for Fortune 100 companies and federal agencies. Management consulting, uh, coaching C-suite executives and strategic planning. Like how cool is it that you have had such a strategic um, decision-making and practical experience, but yet we're going to be talking about divine guidance and spirit today. You're just absolutely perfect for this conversation. So welcome, love. Thank you. It's good to be here. And yeah, I am excited to dive into that. Yes. So share a bit with us about your story relating to business and aligning with divine guidance or your own, like, did you get hints or nudges or tell me about that? Well, I think in my case, the whole mountain fell on my head. Oh, <laughs> no. There was no, there was no nudging. There was no like gentle whispers. It was just, no, here's like the whole mountain on your head, wake up and like take charge. But um, so yeah, definitely um, a lot of my, um, I spent decades in corporate. Um, you know, I came to America when I was 17 from a tiny little island called Trinidad. And really for me, it was all about, uh, achievement and success. And really at the core of it was about security. Coming from um, um, a tiny country, growing up uh, poor, really for me, security was the driving force of whatever decisions I made, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so doing all of those things at a young age certainly was remarkable on the outside, but on the inside, you know, and I've I've shared quite a bit about this there really was to some extent a feeling of disconnection and um, not being fulfilled. It was kind of like, is this it? Um, to cut a whole big long story short, talking about the mountain, <laughs> I um, was sick, uh, probably had ignored it for quite a while. And it got to the point where um, I had to have emergency surgery. And Sarah, we've talked about this um, at a long time ago, uh, on the surgery table, I flatlined twice. And so definitely for me, um, the resurrection, the coming back meant that I had to do things so differently. And um, I often joke that um, when I came out of, of it, that kind of twilight space, uh, the first person I saw was my dad. And I said to him that I hadn't seen a ton of bright lights. <laughs> and so I needed to kind of do so many things differently. And as a joke to that, a quiet joke, my personal Instagram handle is Lightseeker, because I felt like everything that I had to do going forward had to be around 
seeking light, being light, um, you know, having that wake up call for me uh, sparked so many things. Moving to um, a city that I loved close to the beach to be near, you know, my childhood um, comfort space. Yeah. Uh, many people go to, yeah, people go to church. I go to the beach. That's my, yeah. that's my church. So definitely um, the business part and the spiritual part for me um, played very separately for most of my young adult years, even uh, as a, as a young mom. And the alignment came pretty much after that, that, that experience into my late thirties and certainly now in my forties. Yeah. Did you remember if, so you said you didn't see a lot of bright light. Did you, do do you recall any other experiences or anything or just? Yeah. I mean, I don't really talk about it much, but I all, I always, when I think about that, that the couple of nights where I was kind of in twilight, I have this sense of it being, of being scared, but not like frightfully scared. It's not like you're seeing a horror movie, but it was almost like a sense of, of nervous anticipation or anxiety around what would happen next. Cause I, I didn't feel I had a choice to some extent. I don't know if that sounds weird. And then the other part of it was I knew that there was some sort of uh, battle is the word that comes to mind or struggle or decision around whether to stay or go. Like I, I still, when I think about it, I still feel that in my chest a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that decision that oh my god what what you know should I stay or should I go or like a, a, a battle like what to do mm-hmm. um, and I was really young at the time so um yeah definitely changed my life yeah when you're talking about security mm. do do you still define security in the same way no I I completely don't I feel like to me that human need was driving me more than the one that drives me now, which is love and sort of, of alignment and connection. I think that when you, and it wasn't even pursuing security in the sense of materialistic things, it was trying with everything within me to avoid uh, not having. So, so, you know, having lack of, whether it was resources or money or time or clothing, whatever it was. And so I do think that that primal urge to make sure that my family had everything led to this hyper overachieving, hyper success, hyper. I mean, and most of us, I say, I I act like I'm unique, but honestly, a lot of us growing up in the seventies and eighties and nineties <laughs> tend to be very much independent driven, very masculine energy, um, very much alpha females, uh, very competitive um and I lived in that space for a long time and coming from a South Asian um background being the eldest of five and a girl certainly there were all of those masculine feminine um expectations for us that really played into this good girl conditioning and this Mm -hmm. wanting to please so stripping all those away has been interesting (laughs) and rewarding but certainly leaning on um, spirituality and connection to source um, changes the game, right? Yes, yes. So do you attribute your success to 
listening to your to, to your source to source to your soul to divine guidance yeah I mean and I'll use this really funny um example of how it feels to live in alignment with source <laughs> and in disalignment it's like when you're dating and everything is hard right it's you feel uncomfortable in your own skin things don't quite flow the way they're meant to flow you're questioning your decisions you're arguing about the restaurant <laughs> and then when you kind of meet your soulmate it's just oh hi how are you and you really don't care about these kind of mundane things because you are so absolutely happy and thrilled and um in awe of this spirit that's spending time with you and so it feels effortless and so I would that's how I would describe it um layman's terms <laughs> I love it because one of my first talks that I gave uh -huh. was for a Christian experience weekend and I was not a speaker at the time and they asked me to talk about Bible study. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, I just started with it, you know, but I related my whole talk to yeah. dating Jesus <laughs> and what it's like to date. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, are you just going to ignore? And sometimes yeah. I even, um, or, or are you going to have conversations or how often? And that's what I also talk about with, you know, listening to your own divine guidance and spirits that just talk about divine guidance in mm -hmm. a broad sense. So anybody can connect to whomever that they feel right and good with. Um, but sometimes I, I relate that, like, are you on a talking basis with, <laughs> with spirit or are you um, on a no talking basis? Like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny you say it like that. Even as I was preparing for our chat, I do think that for a while, in my late 20s and early 30s, had a number of miscarriages. And I think I broke um, ties with that. And mm -hmm. I, I made a decision that I was angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then was it the, uh, the like your flatlining that brought that? back or was there a series of things that happened I think it was a series of things I'm very stubborn <laughs> as you can tell I you know mountains have to drop with me for me to like really make a move with these things and I feel like I I also don't like people telling me what to do even myself and so for a while I was almost rebelling against being um to quote my sister a really squishy human <laughs> People say woo-woo and whatever, but she was yeah. laughing at me and said, oh my God, you're so like, you're so squishy right now. In the sense of I, it was almost like a 180 over the course of the years in terms of my personality uh, and letting, truly letting myself just be me. Mm -hmm. you know, quirky and fun and like really loving and probably way too like emotional and um, not wearing that disguise. And I, I actually talked about that disguise this morning on my Instagram. Um, and I talk a lot about women in general um, wearing these identities to fill whatever they think the need is for other people. Whether it's my identity as a mother, my identity as a daughter, my identity as um, you know an employee or a manager or a leader, whatever. Whatever we have decided that the 
the people quote unquote want from us mm -hmm. and we put forth that sense of um and that's the disconnection and so I think my journey back to um spirit and and source in my case was making decisions that led me closer and closer to being authentic and a big part of it for me was nature was really connecting spirit spirit to my spirituality through nature mm -hmm. through water through I love trees I mean plop me in a forest any day I'm happy you know through through rain um and really I think it had a lot to do with the things that brought me peace in my upbringing Mm -hmm. you yeah. know a tropical island and so that was really uh the doorway back to a different pace more mm -hmm. intuition more inner peace more quiet mm -hmm. away from the city and the traffic and you know yes. the big title and all of those things yeah. um I think my children also uh led me back to um to spirit because they Right there, they were chosen. They chose me for a reason and I chose them. Um, sometimes I still think it's to break me. <laughs> but mostly I think that the lessons I learned through my motherhood journey um, um, wouldn't give it up for anything, but certainly it stretches me to beyond the capacity of what I think I have, whether that's love or patience or um, commitment or whatever. Um, patience is a big one. Uh, I've got two teenagers, 13 and 16. So it was a journey. Um, even with my relationship with my husband, so we'll be married for 20 years in August. Um, and we grew up together. You know, essentially, we met as teenagers. And my becoming more spiritual and leaning into practices and my own intuition helped him unravel a lot of his masculine conditioning about what was quote unquote acceptable or not. And so we really, the pandemic was horrible and tragic for many people, but I want to say for us, it really was a time to nest away and, and rediscover each other. Um, and so for our family unit, um, we really use that time to get stronger and craft um, you know, a more purposeful vision of how we want it to be as a family, as a unit, mm -hmm. um, and less so for individuals haphazardly trying to figure this out with no plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a practice that helps you to stay in tune with? First of all, I want to, so do you make more intuitive inner knowing decisions now? Yeah, um, I'll I'll pick on a most recent example. Um, you mentioned being the the president of Fem City International when the founder Violet and and Lynn, who's the CEO, approached me about that role. Um, they wanted to give me time to think about it, <laughs> and I said, I I don't need time. My body answered for me. Mm -hmm. Like I I just felt that knowing deep inside and just in my chest and my face and like just very relaxed with that decision um and so yeah I was like no I my body answered for me I'm I didn't need a pros and cons list you know what I mean so yeah I would say it does play into 
more stronger uh, intuitive knowing um, without the noise. Yeah. So how do you stay in tune with that, with source? Mm. Meditation is big for me. Um, staying quiet. I mean, I grew up in a very noisy household, in a very noisy village, just always noise, noise, noise. And reading for me always gave me an opportunity to connect with myself and get away from everybody else. And so the practice of writing, reading, journaling has always been um, an outlet for me. And so when I first started to meditate, I mean, it was abysmal. <laughs> there was just so much noise and chatter in my head and just so many distractions and I would be like oh my god only four minutes went by um so definitely meditation and learning to give freely of my time with purpose to just be mm -hmm. and in that being I find the answers that I need but also I've, I've become really more open to connecting with people like yourself that live fully in the space and are open to having conversations that um, teach us more about how to be right with this and not be uh, uncomfortable or you think that you're coming across as too woo woo or like, oh my God, what does she mean by spirit? Like whatever, whoever those people are, they're probably not my people anymore. And so I think meditation for me, trusting my intuition more, mm. mine, not what I was taught or what I think I should do. And then being in community with other people, other like-minded people. Um, I think for me, that's the most important thing because I'm also role modeling in my own way for my children and hopefully their generation generations to come and for my clients and for everybody that I come in contact with um my kids when they're stressed out now and they are off to do an exam or something I will sit on the ground in the carpet the dog is going to like find his way over at some point and then I just have them rest their heads on my lap and we do breath work or we do just spiritual guidance and I just imagine that white light flowing through you and you know and then I feel it just seeping out of their body mm -hmm. and I think that is magical mm -hmm. right yeah how do you then carry that throughout day-to-day -day stuff yeah um I remember when I first started uh, actively going to places and, and people that could help me grow spiritually, like give me strategies, uh, it felt very weird. It's like writing, I'm a right-hander, so it's like writing with your left hand. The words are awkward, you yeah. are mad with yourself, you can't even sign your own name. And I went to this, um, it was called self-discovery many years ago. And they, were, they talked about uh, present moment and just being, present in the moment and looking at your own hands <laughs> and like finding five things you've never noticed about the palm of your hand. And I was like, oh my God, what kind of hocus pocus is this? I've seen my own hand for decades, but you know what? I found like eight things I didn't know about my own hand. And so after that practice, Sarah, uh, my mom um, hit her head, had to have 
uh, brain surgery, suffered a stroke. And in the hospital that was so chaotic for months and months, um, she lost her ability to speak, talk, like everything, couldn't even hold a pen. And I watched the nurses and doctors around her with their chaotic energy and their inattention to detail. And I, I love the healthcare system. This isn't a knock on them. It was just my experience at that one time, mm-hmm. making mistakes. And I started practicing being aware and I started laying my hands on my mom. And then anybody that came in and made an effort to connect with them and to, I don't know how else to describe it, help regulate their energy before they interacted with her. Mm-hmm. And it made me become more confident that this works. And so when you ask what could that look like day to day, my gosh, when I think about our teachers, our healthcare workers, our emergency responders, uh, I know as a coach, when people come in to, to talk to me, the, our, the first minute or two is really spent in silence, just bringing them into a space where they can be with themselves and not bring in all of the baggage from the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before a podcast, before I do any big thing, I spend at least a minute just regulating my breath, right? Like, what are my outcomes for this session? Like, what do I hope to achieve? Who do I want to be? And it makes a difference when you step out of the moment to connect with yourself and then step back in as your best self. Mm-hmm. If we did that every day with everyone, I just think it would be amazing. Yeah. So intentional and meaningful. Mm-hmm. I think that that's when people come to me and say, how could I be more at peace? How can I have more purpose? You just mm-hmm. described it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any final advice for us? Um, hmm. I think I'm still struggling with the surrender piece. Oh. <laughs> Let it go, right? Like it still brings a little bit of bile to my throat. I'm not going to lie. I am going through, <laughs> I'm going through a period right now uh, where I am old me and new me and in between me are like, who's in charge here? Nobody's in charge. Let somebody else be in charge. And I'm just like, oh, for, for, for crying out loud, like just surrender. And that is that, I guess my advice would be that that is mastery. When you get to that point where you can surrender and, and let go of control and understand that divine has a purpose for you and a plan for you and you fighting it is like, you're going to get another mountain on your head, Stacy, or whomever. So learning to do that an incremental, um, you know, give yourself grace with that. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, and trust your intuition because for a long time, especially women, um, we've been taught to be these really good girls and all of the rules that surround what being a good girl is meant um, that we violated ourselves. We lost our voice. We lost our, our thoughts. We lost our capacity for, um, everything we had to hide. And so now, um, let that shit go. <laughs> I have a shirt that says that. <laughs> right? Like, yes. I, 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 she's That's like- a quote frozen at a time like this, but definitely... Oh, it does. And I relate so much. That's why I laughed initially when you said surrender. And I 
I wish I wasn't, but I am. I can be stubborn as well. And sometimes mm. I have to be almost yelling at divine mm. and being like, fine, if you want me to do this, then fine. You want to Because I feel like a part of me still wants to have this certainty that it's going to work out. It's like, if I trust you, dude, are you, are you sure this is going to like work out the way that I want it to work out? But then there's my ego in there about wanting it to be the way that I want it to be, which honestly, most of the time, no is an answer. And it, 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 for me, yeah, my way is like the hard way. And spirit is like, oh, I'll just give you this. That's, that's no big deal. Like, you hey, can- bro, listen, you talk about that and it kills me that you're so right because, you know, I could be like looking, you know, prospecting, doing social media, like all of these things. And then I awkwardly get invited to one speech. I shouldn't say awkwardly because. <laughs> Some things at work, yes. get invited to one speaking engagement and walk out of there with so much abundance that my eyeballs like still hurt from the way my eyes got so wide, but it happened in a day yes. with no effort from me beyond being my regular quirky self, right? But that's how it happens. I remember this lesson so very clearly. I was giving a presentation for the international like I was a part of Toastmasters and it was the international speech competition and it's the first round like the area round and I shook the hand of the person who normally and I wasn't like me tuned in tapped in, you know like I was just like was starting to develop this Mm -hmm. but I knew my presentation and spirit told me what to wear not really knowing like what to wear just I just did like I just did. I just did there. I was so myself. Like I strutted across the stage in my awkward, like gangly, like kind of like them tall. Like I kind of probably looked like a, a grasshopper, you know. <laughs> I just <laughs> or like like an alien, or you know, like a I don't know, like a gumby, maybe. I don't know. It was weird. You you get the gist. Um I talked how I wanted to talk. I walked mm-hmm. how I wanted to walk. It just was like, oh, whatever. But I shook his hand and and he and I could feel him being like, I'm going to win. And I felt my whole being like, watch this. <laughs> and, and I was like, whoa, is that competition? Or is that just like all of yeah, me? Confidence. Like, what's that? <laughs> and I just I just even ignored that piece. I just was like, oh, it was more like a knowing. Like just yes, like, that's a, yes, it's and a knowing. I was last to go. There, I don't know how many, maybe four or six of us. We I was last to go. And I won. <laughs> and it was. And then in the audience then um were two people that that I knew. And I thought they just came to support me. They're like, um, no. And they called weeks later and they're like, we're gonna get married. Would you want to officiate our wedding? What? And I was like, we we came to watch you to see how you presented. Yeah. Gosh, that's amazing. Like, oh, and they're like, and then you won and you were hilarious. And I was like, oh, because sometimes I think I feel when I show up online or whatever, I got to be serious. Yeah. I have to take what I'm doing serious. Yeah. But I don't actually think that that's what people want. No. <laughs> they want no. the gangly grasshopper me. <laughs> you know, they yeah. want sassy, sexy Sarah, because that's really what the, like, that's really what I was strutting up there was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sister. Yeah. Like, I, that's 
We buy that. We totally buy that. That is what, because you know, and, and I was trying to get my client to use a word without me prompting her this morning. Um, and finally she figured out, she kept saying freedom or to be free or mm-hmm. the word that she was looking for. And that I wanted her to find was unleashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much like raw primal efficiency about that word. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I want to unleash whatever, right? Like my inner, whomever she is, mm-hmm. let her out. Just let, let her take the center stage like you did and just 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 be you <laughs> and and what the thing is I think we want everybody to like that you and that's just not normal because we don't certainly like everybody uh-huh. <laughs> so your true. people will love you and adore you and show up for you and work with you and play with you and all of the things and the other people are not your people no okay. yes I love the beginning point where you were sharing about like surrounding yourself with like-minded people um I have a family member in the early stages of my business when I was talking about I really need to be sharing more about spirit and this person asked me to sell and share with them how I would do my sales Mm -hmm. about and convince them that 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 what I was selling was for them and they are, mm. they are in sales. So like they were just mm-hmm. trying to help me. Yeah. Yeah. But I said to this person, I was like, you don't believe in anything. You believe that you're just a body, you born, you die, that's it. So like me talking about soul or spirit or you connecting to your inner with like, it's, I'm you're not my jam. Like I'm not going to sell you anything. Mm. Like you won't get it. I'm not going to waste my time. I wish you the very best. I wish you the best life ever, which is what you have, but I'm not going to sell to you because you're not my people. So, yeah. and, and this person was like, well, we'll just try. I'm like, no, I was like, if you want me to really tell you why you don't believe, then we can go have that conversation. <laughs> so what you're talking about to that inner knowing that you have when you meet someone that is your jam and you, you just click and you can't shut up. Yes. Those are your people. And so go there, yeah. right? Like, yeah. what are those plants? Um, that's a hard thing for people pleasers, though. Like, it's a oh. hard thing to actively say you are a lovely person, but, and and here's where boundaries come in, which is a whole separate thing that spirit gives you permission to do, is really be truthful. And I make clients write a promise statement to themselves and sign it. Mm-hmm. yes I love it and that's one of the first things that I do in the groups is like I want you to marry yourself yeah. so write all the vows that you're yeah. going to keep yeah. and marry and yourself yeah. because <laughs> that level of integrity with ourselves is the first thing that we break even in childhood and as adults we that intuitive I would say the spiritual part of us the knowing the soul part knows that oh my gosh you are a straight up fibber when it comes to keeping your promises to me so you almost have to reintegrate with that re-establish that trust and it has to do with small habits right like we think it's some big astronomical thing like go off and solve world hunger really it's no for me I gotta eat my meals on time I've got to do my breath work I've got to do my meditation that is how you keep integrity with your own self and then you can show up for others full 
mm-hmm. and able to support them. And it's hard. Yes. Right. It's like a daily, it's not, you know, people look at us like coaches and they're like, oh my God. And I was like, no, no, no. It's every day. <laughs> yes. Every, every moment. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what it's is like that? Well, I'm sorry, go on. No, what, no, no, you go. No, I was just going to wrap it up because I mm-hmm. noticed the time. And so I was like, oh, good. <laughs> so what's the best way to connect with you? Yep. So uh, my so Instagram is typically an easy way. My name is Stacey Lucis, uh, L-U-C-E-S. And then my Instagram is Evolution Executive Coaching, as is my website. Okay. Um, and thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on. It's, it's you know, I hope what I shared today resonates with our community. And um, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. For more information about the guest and how to listen to your divine guidance, please click on the episode description. So much love to you. See you soon. Mm-hmm.